0: This is a Need 10 Media production. Hello, it's Nate clayberg and welcome aboard for another edition of That's a Job podcast. And this is a special one that I'm really excited about. I was able to go on the road here at the end of September, uh, early October of 2022, and spend some time with uh, a long... Uh, a longtime friend, Leon Costello. Uh, we worked together at the University of Northern Iowa almost 20 years ago. Actually worked with Leon and his wife, Heather, who was running facilities at uh, UNI at the time. But uh, got to come out and spend time with Heather and Leon. And, and their are three kids and, and almost feel like an aunt and uncle experience. Uh, as it's the second visit we've had out out there with them. But the first time we got to experience Bobcat football. And if you are a fan of ESPN game day, you would have seen college game day on the road in Bozeman in the coldest environment they've ever broadcast in. When the Grizz from Montana came in and got pounded by Montana State, and Leon Costello and his team and his staff and and everybody in Bozeman has made that environment something that uh, is second to none. And it's exciting to see from from this standpoint uh, the pathway that Leon has taken uh, in the 20 years that we've known each other from, uh, you know, in athletic marketing to climbing the ranks at South Dakota State and, and having his own, uh, sitting in the own chair at uh, Montana State. And you're going to hear about the importance that he puts on the environment, not just for the fans, but especially for the student-athletes and the coaches. So... Let's set the stage. We are in the athletic director's office in the field house at Montana State. It's, it, it was exciting to hear the stories uh, along the way of, uh, of how he came in as a young athletic director uh, five, six years ago and where things have gone and the excitement you can hear in his voice and how proud he is of what's been built for the Bobcats. Athletic director at Montana State, Leon Costello. Leon, welcome to the podcast, but let's rewind to Wapsie Valley, Iowa High School. Where did you think you'd be going at that
1: point? <laughs> uh, I had no idea, to be honest with you, but after graduation, I wanted to, I wanted to go on and play basketball somewhere. Yeah. I wanted to find a school where I could, I could do that. And I thought at the time I wanted to be an athletic trainer, or a physical therapist, get into the medical field somehow some way and uh, relate it back to athletics and so that's what I did. That was my undergrad. It was exercise and sports science at Loras College and I even started a master's program in that when I was done there. Yeah, I didn't know uh, I was going to be in sports administration, but when I was at Loras they had started a program and I knew a few people that were in sports administration and so I thought about, well, as I was going through my stuff, it was like that would be easier than yeah. what I'm doing right now in the classes that I'm taking. but. You know, I finished with that and I tried it. And then, uh, yeah, I, I got into, uh, after work or after college, I got into kind of the business side and I wanted to match the, the business side of athletics with athletics. And so I went back to, and got my master's and went back to Western Illinois and sports administration. And then I realized I wanted to be, you know, wanted to work my way to be an athletic director and, and you know, Fast forward. That's that's where we are today. But it, uh, yeah, it didn't start that way. I can tell you that. Yeah, you know, I would say you're
0: unusual of many people have I've talked to that they start one way and then they bounce around and end up all sorts of different ways. Mm-hmm. But when you even look back and and how challenging it has been, even from going from a student athlete to a GA, and you, but I, I'm gonna rewind here. But even in, in graduate school and even after that, you had some unique experiences. Yeah, golf tournaments and. And we spent some time in Boston. I guess talk about
1: those experiences. Yeah, it uh, As part of my curriculum at Western Illinois, um, you could do a thesis route or you could do a non thesis route. And so I chose the non thesis route, and then because who wants to write the paper? Well, exactly right, exactly. (laughs) And so then part of that um, was going somewhere for credit and and working. um, And when I was, it all just kind of matched up because I was done with my coursework in January. And so when I was looking for internships from like January to May, when graduation would be, uh, really, it was basketball. And so um, I I had applied to a bunch of different places. It came down to, to the Orlando Magic and Boston Celtics. And uh, obviously, the history of Boston kind of won out. And I'd never been there. So I went there and worked f- for that entire semester, uh, which was awesome because it was – Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker and uh, in the playoffs they were playing Allen Iverson in the Sixers and so that whole experience was really cool but I think it was that experience that told me I wanted to go and get back into college athletics and I really wanted to be in college just because the changing seasons, the student athletes, all that stuff was different than professional sports and so I, that would really solidified me wanting to get back into
0: yeah, there's so many different avenues, especially now, but then it's, yeah, you got pro and you got college seemingly, mm-hmm. uh, or amateur, but what, what stood out to you that really you thought, yeah, pro is not for you. It's, it's college because you knew college, but then you got to see that, but it kind of
1: yeah. helped show what you didn't want to do. I think it was the same thing day after day after day. Um, nothing really changed in, you know, it's one sport and it's exciting. It's one sport, but like with the, the NBA, it's what, 82 games. So it's 41 home games that you're marketing, but it's just the same thing. Whereas I remember back in college, you know, I had friends that were on the football team, women's basketball team, track and field, you know, the changing seasons is what I like. But then I also thought back to all of those people, whether teachers at WAPC, coaches at WAPC, my coaches at Loras, professors, um, at Loras, our administration. I thought back to that and I'm like, that's, there's a lot of people that helped me get to where I am and I, that's what I want to do. I want to go back, um, to higher education and really help people get through the four or five years of their college career and help them do it and try and find a way to do it. And that way, you know, if you could, if you can impact some people that way, um, then you, you think, you know, you're doing, you know, you're doing the right things and you're helping them along the way. And then they look back at their experience and say, Hey, that was, that was pretty good. And, and, uh, that place had a, had an impact on what I'm doing today. So that's, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to try and impact a little bit more. More people. Cause I don't know if I know this story, but so we met at, at Northern, you hired me on
0: at Northern Iowa, but how did you find it your way into, into you and I
1: being <laughs> even 30 miles from where you grew up? Yeah. So I, when I got done at, in Boston, I came back and I knew at that time I wanted to um, be in college. Well, I was, I applied for probably, and you can talk to Justin Sell about this. I think I applied for at least six jobs at UNI. It was camp director. It was, could have been marketing, could have been facilities. It was anything to try to get my foot in the door at UNI just because it was close, the proximity. And I was looking elsewhere too, but you know, I had moved back home and so I was trying to find something that was a little bit more local. Uh, and finally I had done, I had done GAs, um, and internships, as you said, at the, done a deer run for the course, but then I also worked for the John Deere classic as well. So I had done some golf. I was a GA at Western Illinois. I had my internship with the Celtics. I'd done all these different things and I'm like, I need a full-time job. I need insurance. (laughs) I need all this stuff. I need money. All this stuff. And, you know, finally something came open at Northern Iowa, but it was another, it was a paid internship and it was, it was just under, I think 700 bucks a month, and. Um I could go there, work for the marketing staff. And that was in October uh, is when something finally came. So I got back late April, early kind of May-ish. And then I, it was until October until I found this. And then fast forward October to about December, January, my boss at Northern Iowa left to go and sell sponsorships at Wisconsin for Learfield. So I was Eric Tyler. And yeah. when he left, then I was Promoted into that role, and that's what really got it all started. So I didn't want to take another internship, but because I did, it led to my actual first full time job in college. Well, athletics. that's that's the thing too. Coming out, whether it's an undergrad or graduate, you know,
0: nowadays may be a little bit different. But athletics and, is a competitive business. When you look at so many people want to get into it, yeah. And you may look at that saying, "Well, I can't survive on seven hundred a month or whatever it was," yep. and let let it be alone. You just put your time in. Things happen, things open up, and yeah. it's easier to, easier to hire within, yeah, I'm sure you've seen that along the way in your time as being in a leadership role in your hiring or even how you're influencing how your staff's bringing interns in and finding assistance. yeah and we, like
1: that. we would much rather hire we would much rather train younger people and hire from within and promote from within just because they're there, they understand kind of the culture, they understand what's going on, whether it's the university or whatever area they're working in. And you don't have to reteach that. And so if you can do that, that's the best way. Um obviously I always like getting new people as well, it's just because new ideas and um you know the the way we've done things, you know, the old mantra because you know the way we've done things, we're always gonna do them. That, that's I, I, I don't like I'm that. familiar with that. yeah. <laughs> and so new ideas are always great. And I like the mixture of hey, we've got a really stable culture of what's going on, but then you infuse some new ideas, and I think you know that's that's really where we've kind of hit a home run here. But yeah, I mean, if you have the capability of sticking with something, you know, so like I did, I had, I at least had the opportunity. I was living at home with my, um, with my family and driving from Fairbank to, to Cedar Falls every day. It took a, a month or so. And then I finally got a place in Cedar Falls mm-hmm. and I was living there. And, and, you know, I was able to do it and make it work at, at that salary. And I understand not everybody, everybody's situation is just a little bit different. I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have kids. So doing that was a little bit easier, but beca- you know, I really attribute a lot of where I'm at today because I was able to stick that out and really kind of keep my focus on what I wanted to do and where I wanted to take this. I was able to do that because I didn't have any of that other stuff going on. And but like I said, everybody's, everybody's personal situation is always different. So maybe some can or maybe some can't. So I, I, cho- I totally understand why some people um, want to come out and make as much money as they can because their situation, you know, yeah. just might be different. But I, I, I do know for me, it worked out because I was able to stick with it.
0: Yeah. Then it was that opening that then opened up that then brought me in that it just kind of goes from
1: there. Well, but, yeah. Uh, and you talk, you talked yeah. 20 years. I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but it was that where, you know, we were able to do a bunch of things together and we really, I mean, you know, kind of take the bull by the horns and really do it. But that's where, you know, I met Justin Sell and was able to work with Justin Sell and then, he has been a huge part of my growth because when he became the AD at South Dakota State, he brought me along with him, and I've been able to, you know, just get the experiences that I've needed to to get this job. You know, he knew I wanted to do that, and so it was that relationships that that started at you and I. That allowed me to now fast forward get to where I am because I knew him. He knew what I wanted to do, and basically gave me the responsibilities uh, to be able to do those. And that's what I'm trying to do right now for all these young people. It's like, hey, I just want to know where you want to go, mm-hmm. and then let me try to help you because I've had people like that that have helped me along the way um, and give me the responsibilities to end up where I am right now. Well, when you look at connections, and you know, from Justin
0: Sell to to Rick Hartzell, who's mm-hmm. the AD at Northern Iowa, and then. Is it Upper Iowa now? But, you know, I know you get some of those same conversations at that level of, of, I can distinctly remember driving out to the golf course when you said that you just were getting promoted. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, but that was by design to try and figure out where some things going. So, you know, I guess talk through some of those things you've seen from the guys that you were trying to pull some things yeah. from. Yeah. But I also know there's some things from some
1: guys that you try not to do things on how they did it as well. For sure. I'm glad you mentioned Rick because, you know, Rick was the one when I was the intern and I went to the you know director of marketing. He was the one that hired me. So, you know, he was my the guy that first got me into the business. And we talked about Justin, my relationship. But, yeah, I owe a lot to Rick as well. And I'll talk I'll start with Rick. One of the best things about Rick and you hear it from everybody is he was a coach's AD. And coaches love to work for him. They had great relationships. You know, I saw Rick going around uh, in our offices and talking to all the coaches. And, you know, I don't, I wasn't in those conversations, but now that I do that, yeah. I know, yep. I can, I kind of know probably what they were talking about. Uh, but I saw that and I remember where, you know, I think Rick was for being an AD is one of the most humble guys because if you remember where his office was in the dome, it was under the stairs and it wasn't down in the storage room off the field. Yeah. It wasn't luxurious at all, but he didn't care because, you know, he was there to hire great coaches to win a bunch of games, which we did under him. I mean, some of the coaches that he hired are still at Northern Iowa and, but even the tree or the effects of those coaches are still there without a doubt and And across the country. Yep, And so I took that from Rick and it's kind of why, when I meet with people, I, I get up out of my office and I go to their, their office and I'll walk around this place and just see kind of how people are doing. A lot of that started with Rick. Um, and so it was that about building relationships, um, within your department uh, that started there. And Justin then, you know, carried that over as well. And, um uh, but I, so Rick, obviously with coaches, what I really took from Justin was the student athlete relationships. He knew the student athletes by name. The student athletes knew him. Uh, he built that rapport with them. He, and that was at Northern Iowa. Uh, but that continued at South Dakota State as well. And so I, I wanted to do that as well. I wanted to make sure that the student athletes knew who I was. When I walked into a room that, you know, they knew my name, they knew what I did, they knew that I cared. Um, and really that everything that we do is for them. And so, uh, you know, right off the bat, those are the, the two things I think that I do the most, um, Came right from those guys. Uh, well, I can think back. It was always you and I. So Illinois was always a big game. Yeah. You know, and it was
0: always kind of our game we'd pack. And just like, well, I, you know, we're, I'm in Bozeman, Montana right now. Montana beat Cal Davis last night in, uh, in a packed game ESPN. And I don't remember if we if it was televised or whatever. I remember it, we had 16,000 in that dome. Yeah. And I walked down and expecting Rick to be super excited about it was. But he was... He was sad because a player, one of our key players, I can't even tell you who it was, had got injured. Yep. And he was more worried about that kid yep. than about the packed house that we had. Yep. And it just kind of, I, I, that stuck with me of, you know, that's, that's what he was about. It wasn't about the shine or
1: the, uh, even the revenue piece or all that stuff. It yep. was who's on the field. There's probably some things you can take from that. Oh, without a doubt. And that's where wanting them to know who I am. Um, comes into play and and building relationships that they know. You know, One of the things I saw Justin do this a ton, I'm sure Rick did as well. Justin wrote a ton of letters of recommendation for student athletes. And I guess at the end of their time here, I want them to to trust me that we've built a strong enough relationship that they can walk into my office and say, hey, I'm applying for a job here or I'm applying for grad school here. And can you write me a letter of recommendation? And uh, you know, I've, I've written a lot of them, um, and, and feel comfortable walking in and knocking your door without and, a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. And, um, yeah. And I have written a lot of those, which is great. And that's, I want to continue. Well, to do and that. even the trust of even the coaches know that the player was in the eighties office. Some coaches may not handle that very well for sure. Uh, oh. without, yes. And, and it's all really about, yeah, support. And, and again, that goes back to the relationships and the trust you build with the coaches. So going back to Rick and having, um, that's those strong relationships with those coaches. That's, you have to have that. Otherwise you can't have everybody in here walking on eggshells because then nobody's going to get anything done. Yeah, um, you've seen that done without a doubt. <laughs> um, we, we, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. so for all the good things that I've learned and taken from people, you're exactly right. I say, one of the one of the reasons that I do walk around and and do do that is because I've seen people not do that, and I've seen I've seen people that, you know I've come across that you're walking in the on a concourse or in the hallway and they have their phone out, they put their use, they see somebody coming, they put their head down and they don't want to say anything, they don't want to acknowledge, they don't want to, mm-hmm. and that is for me, I don't ever want to do that. I mean, there's a time and a place, obviously, to to take a phone call or do a text yeah. or whatever. But for the most part, and I it doesn't consider, matter.
0: Doesn't matter if they're
1: your seven hundred a month intern or a free intern or multi million dollar donor. Exactly. You right. want to treat them all the same because you never know. Without a doubt, and uh, it's one of the best things about our game day atmosphere is being able to walk through the concourse and say hi to people. And um, yeah, those things don't matter. It's you want people in your stands having fun, bringing their families. And you saw it last night. There's so many. Families that were there. That's the environment that I, you want to build, but it starts here, right? In the office. It starts with the student athletes and the coaches. In the and, chair. Yeah. It starts in the chair. Well, <laughs> it starts, it does, but I would say this. It comes from the bigger chair, which is for me, it's the president of yeah. the university and she fosters that culture. She builds it. And so for tying all these things together, you know, for Brick to Justin and even, you know, obviously I mentioned my coaches at, at, uh, Loris and, and Wapsie but president cruzado has been a huge part of of what i've done her believing in me and allowing me to do and manage the things here that i do but i also take bits and pieces from her on how she builds her team you know how she manages uh, how she how she provides support in ways cuz she's so competitive but she's so competitive she still doesn't micromanage she still finds a way to lend that, the proper support for you to go out and be successful and uh you know i've really Tried to take that from her is, hey, build a strong team where I don't have to be in every meeting. I don't have to make every decision because I trust my team that they're going to be able to go out and do that. And that's how we're going to be able to grow, you know, maybe faster is I don't, I don't want to be around. I want them to be able to figure some things out and, and handle things on their own and empower them to do that. And I think I've taken that from
0: it's been 13 years really since I've been out of college athletics, but you know, talk about the changes that you've seen. it's, it's especially in the last year or two, especially of how college athletics is changing, maybe at the, at the FBS level or those, uh, just the conference realignment and then nil and some of the stuff you think back um, 15, 20 years ago
1: yeah, of how things were then and how they are now. Yeah.
0: Well, and just, just talk, you know, Reflect on that. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I want to be as progressive as, as anybody, but I'm, a, I'm probably a traditionalist at heart. And so watching college football, I want to see the, the uniforms that I grew up with and the mm-hmm. logos and things. And when those change, it's, it's a little bit hard, but I, I totally get it. I understand it. I think the one thing that has changed for the better has been having the student athlete voice be a bigger part of our everyday operations, uh, within the NCAA and, you know, trickling that down to to our department. Um, we're here because of them. And so having them have a say in what we do and how we do it uh, means means a great deal. Now, that doesn't mean making decisions and things like that, but their input has to be at the table and their feedback has to be at the table when we do make decisions. And so, um, you know, we involve our SAC and, you know, once a month we bring them in here, SAC leadership and they'll talk to us about what their, uh, what they're doing, um, you know, whether it's that month or initiatives that are that they're carrying out from the conference level, uh, we want to know. And the other thing is, we we have this uh, we have a software where we send out um, I think it's once a month we send out a, a notice, just a reminder that says, "Hey, how's your experience going? Here's this platform where you can send us an anonymous feedback sentence, paragraph, whatever it is, to let us know." And we get things like we need more towels in the locker room or, you know, maybe I think we're practicing too much, you know, things like that too, you know, all these other things. Well, but it's anonymous. So we don't know who's sending it, but it's an opportunity for us to have a conversation that maybe they weren't comfortable with having. And so setting things up like that, where, you know, we can get honest feedback to, to make ourselves better. I think that has really helped college athletics. Um, then you can take the other approach where it's, you know, Conference realignment, NIL, the portal, all these things that are really kind of driven by money. And that's where I think we've, we're in a position because of that and and not a good position. You know, I think whether we put our head in the sand for that, I I think we haven't done a a good job as a, as an NCA or as a membership of explaining to people what student athletes get when they're here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all the money we spend on whether it's insurance or travel or food or all the areas that support academics and strength conditioning, the doctors, uh, athletic trainers, mental health therapists, all those things that we do. Professional networks that they get access to. Without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. We, we just haven't done a good job of explaining that to them or the general public about all these things that they get. And part of the problem has been, you hear then these stories about these student athletes talking about they don't have enough money to eat. Well- most of them are on meal plans. So I know what we spend on yeah. that for them to, to, yeah. to be able to go do those types of things. And so yeah, the thought they can't get a pizza on a Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, I mean, I remember going through college and I remember, you know, taking my first internship. I, yeah, there, there probably are definitely times, but there are also things that are, that are set up for them that they can, you know, go and do these things. We just, for the last 20 years, we just haven't done a, a good job of that. So what that's allowed us to do is make things better, you know, for the student athletes. And so I like that. But then when you get to the bigger things and, you know, pay for play and, you know, you know, look at coaches, contracts and, and things like that. It's, you know, I, I truly understand, um, you know, where others are coming from to say, well, if you're going to pay a coach $9 million, <laughs> you can afford to give all these student athletes, you know, have to pay them to play. And that's a hard argument to yeah. argue on that side. Like, I, yeah, maybe so. I get that. But, that is probably the top 10%, maybe even 5%. I think when you look at the FCS level or the mid-major level, we're not there. We don't do that. I think we provide the purest form of of amateurism in college athletics because they get everything. Our coaches aren't making a million dollars, but our players, I think, and our students are getting a great experience. And we're now able to do a little bit more for them to make their experience better. But it's not as outrageous as what you're seeing you know, right now. And so we're, we're kind of stuck in this kind of quandary a little bit. And I think with all these new things with the portal, we've, we're trying, we're figuring out the portal, but how does NIL affect the portal? And how does, how do APR rates, why not because everybody's transferring now, how does that come back? Are we going to adjust that? All these different things, we're kind of in a gray area to see kind of a wait and see. And uh, right now, the biggest thing for me is the transformation committee um, in, at the division one level trying to describe what division one is. Um, right. Obviously we're division one, um, but there's a group of people that are putting together their ideas on on what this all means. And so right now I think college athletics as a whole is kind of in this wait and see what you know what are, what's gonna come out. What what are they gonna put on this piece of paper that's going to explain what Division I is? And it's a little scary. Well and how does the public react to that? Without, right? yeah, yeah. And I and everybody asked me that and I tell everybody look, it's about us. And I think we need to focus on on Montana State and making us the best we possibly can be because if we do that, we're going to be wanted. We're going to have a spot for Montana State. Where that's at for sure, I don't know. I don't know. But if we're performing at a very high level, we're going to be in a in a really good spot. And so I think we try to redirect that energy and that focus to say okay, let's look at ourselves and let's make sure we have the right personnel. Let's make sure our budget's where it needs to be. Let's make sure our facilities are getting to where they need to be. Let's put all that energy into us because when this all shakes out, we're going to be in a good spot. Well, everything you're talking about is is about leadership, right? It comes from the president's office to the AD's
0: office to coaches to the student-athletes themselves and, and even the people along the way. Mm-hmm. But when you look at decisions and things that you've had to be involved in, thinking back, are you like, how did I get involved in this? Yeah, you know what? What stands in your mind of, of <laughs> oh, I never thought I'd have to deal with something like this, or yeah. uh, on a positive or even a negative note.
1: Well, the the one thing I remember, if I look back in my first year here being the athletic director, I remember I made, I think I made a phone call to Justin and said, I know I did because we, I know we talked about this. Said when I was in marketing or I moved my all the way up to like the deputy at at South Dakota state kind of be the number two, there were still things that I didn't know. Right. There were things that crossed his desk that I never knew about. And to be honest, I never wanted to know about them. And to be honest, there are things now that cross my desk. I wish I didn't know (laughs) and didn't have to deal with them. Uh, And that's what I told him. I'm like, you know, This job is great and it's fun. Um, you know, you can put your stamp on something, but there are just some things that, yeah, uh, that make it difficult that you don't, you don't want to know because everything comes across my desk now. And, uh, you know, I think finding a balance of, of how to deal with those things. And I think for me, and this is what I tell, you know, our, our employees is like, look, we're going to have some really great times and we're going to celebrate it, but then there are going to be some times that aren't so good. And if we can kind of find ourselves in the middle all the time, not get too high with the highs and get too low with the lows, if we can kind of ride out in the middle and, and really have more highs than lows, that's where you want to be. And uh, I think we've kind of hit that here. And I, now it's, we want to ma- be able to maintain that. But the hardest part for me uh, is just, you know, whether you're dealing with a student athlete or a coach or, or something that's going on in your department, everything comes across your desk. And that's uh, that's been very interesting. I can tell you so in a management setting, it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you're sitting back going, "Okay, now what do we go from here?" For sure. Yeah, and yep. solve that problem. Yep. Looking back to that kid at Loris or kid at Wapsie Valley or even that that kid at Wapsie or at uh, Western <laughs> Illinois, what do you wish you knew then that you know now, and on the trajectory
1: that um, that you were hoping to be on at that point? Man, it's a great question. I I think what I would want to tell myself is you know don't. One of the best things is you can only control what you can control, right? There are a lot of things that happen that are outside of our control that we waste a lot of time with because of perception, because of how it makes you look or feel, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if you couldn't affect what happened anyway, why, I mean, why waste your time worrying about that? And I I know back when I was younger, I I did because, you know, you want things to be perfect. Things are never going to be perfect. You're going to have to deal with things all the time. But I wish I would, you know, I would have taken that more to heart. Um, because I, if something went wrong, it was it always felt like it came back on me. But a lot of times, then, as you and I both know, especially in marketing, something may go wrong and you feel terrible about it. But other people have no. no idea. They just don't know. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. And what I would also say, you know, enjoy the ride because. At you and I, we had some unbelievable things that we did in times that we had. Same at South Dakota State. Same that's happened here. And I think sometimes we get too caught up in what's next. You need to enjoy what's happening right now. Like we had one of the best years we ever had last year, and you know it wasn't a big deal. But I was like, I want to do something for everybody, and so we just very simply went out to Riverside Country Club here, and we just had a an all employee meal. People could go play golf if they wanted to, but we were just going to get together at the end of the year and just celebrate all the great things that have happened. Um, because we don't take the time just to say, we're going to do these things. You know, we try to have a, you know, a Christmas party. We try to have all these things, but like last year with the football playoffs still going on, there was no time to have a, you know, have a Christmas party. So we kind of did. Um, so that kind of made up for that. But, you know, I think, you know, appreciating, you know, the work that you do and the time that you put in because a lot of that time is away from family. But I think if you create the right culture, your family can be a part of what this is, and it's it's a job, but it's really kind of a lifestyle, and uh, that's what I've learned. Is like I I want my kids to be involved, I want Heather to be involved in all the things we're doing here, and I want them to be around all the student athletes and coaches that we have. And I I think I told you this the other night. There's not one student athlete that I wouldn't want my student my kids around (laughs) Um, that that is here right now. They're all great, and um, being able to enjoy that, and then obviously you know the balance, you know the work life balance, and making sure I, what I'm doing right now is trying to take, get m- more time out of the office, whether it's around a golf or going on a trip or taking vacations. I think uh, trying to put more focus and time on that because that way, when you're out of the office, you focus out of the office, but when you're in the office, you can really focus mm-hmm. on being in the office. And so those are the three things I think, you know, maybe that I've learned if I would have known that maybe it would have made the journey a little bit easier. Yeah. But I also think learning from some of those mistakes and hard times is really kind of what gets you to where you are right now. And so if you didn't have those experiences, I don't know if I could be doing the job I'm doing right now without having those maybe setbacks that I've had. If you knew the
0: stuff coming across your desk and, uh, 100 hour weeks, you'd be like, uh, maybe I should uh, I do doing? something yeah. else. What am I doing? Yeah. Yes. So. Well, Leon, thanks for the time and thanks for
1: having us out here to Bozeman and uh, you're doing some awesome things here. Well, it's been awesome. And and I guess I, I would finish this off by saying, you know, the people you meet along the way is what make is what make it great. And, you know, starting in high school with, like I said, great coaches and, and people and families around, you know, Fairbank, Iowa, small farming community, um, still have great friends that are back there. But then every step of the way you know, you meet great people and you continue to build that network. You know, the other thing is don't, don't burn any bridges because you never know <laughs> when you're going to need somebody uh, to come back and, and either help you or do something. And, uh, I think that's what's been for me. If I look back, there's been so many people that I could call on right now that it's, Hey, I need, I need help with this, or can you help me with, do this? And I think that would be there. And so, uh, continue to build the network because, uh, yeah. I mean, lifelong friends, 20 years. I can't yeah. believe it's been 20 years. But Well, I, I, I apparently saying. haven't burned a bridge. I've been here twice. <laughs> well, maybe I <laughs> haven't either. So that's a, uh, you no. Know, it's all good. And it is fun. And like I said, it's, this job's probably not for everybody because of the time commitments and what it takes to get here. But I think you could probably say that about every single job. What I would say is you got to love what you do. And if you don't love what you do, then why are you doing it? And so here I am loving what I'm doing. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe
0: to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.